As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. It's Straight Out of Cobham, a show about Chelsea FC from The Athletic. Today, we look ahead to Saturday's trip to Turf Moor. There's a big game for the women's team. And after last week's stinging rebuke, there's a fiendishly difficult quiz. Available for free wherever you get your podcasts and ad-free on The Athletic. This is Straight Out of Cobham. Well, it's been a tight turnaround for us, gang, hasn't it? After we dropped our show on Tuesday following the big game on Monday night. It's me, Matt. I'm joined today by Dominic Fifield. How are you doing, Dom? Fine, thank you, Matt. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, Luke Bosch is back with us too. Uh, Luke, we ought to ask, how did you feel seeing Chelsea win a game in the Premier League on Monday night? I mean, it was it was quite a surprise. Uh, I, I didn't really know how to feel, but I, uh, I certainly had sweet dreams about Armando Breuer's excellent goal. Uh, against Fulham. Were you like me in that when Mudrick scored, I was just thinking, okay, well, obviously there's a VAR intervention here and this goal is not going to count. This is how this guy's character arc goes. Completely. I completely thought he'd be offside or, you know, Colwell had somehow thrown the ball to him instead of kicked it. I I thought there'd be something. (laughs) (laughs) But it stood and it was glorious. Uh, So because of that, Chelsea go in search of back-to-back Premier League wins for the first time since March when they head to Lancashire this weekend. We'll preview the game against Burnley next. Ah, Turf Moor. The ground that's supposedly a tough place for big six sides to go, but in reality, actually isn't. Uh, Burnley, like Chelsea, boosted by a win already this week. They beat Luton 2-1 at Kenilworth Road to claim their first victory back in the big time. Uh, Dom, does that result make this a, a more difficult game for Chelsea, a less difficult game? Does it have absolutely no impact whatsoever? I suspect no impact whatsoever, largely. on basing that on the fact that Luton had gone into that midweek game having won at the weekend at Everton. So you'd imagine they would have steamrolled into the Burnley fixture thinking that they could pick up that second successive victory in a first one at Kenilworth Road. But but no, it didn't work out that way. Look, it will boost Burnley's confidence. They've Of the three promoted teams, you looked at the business they did over the summer in particular, and it looked as if they were giving it most of a go um, in terms of, of staying in the division spending a lot of money, revamping the squad, making it as Premier League ready as they possibly could. 
And so their their sort of slack start to the season was a bit of a surprise. So look, I think it'll probably pose more of a threat. Burnley will pose more of a threat than maybe Luton did when they visited Stamford Bridge a few weeks ago. But I mean, I'd still I'd still fancy Chelsea on the back of two successive clean sheets and the confidence boost that those will have provided those victories uh, to go there and, and make it three and about. Chelsea have never lost away to Burnley in the Premier League. You have to go back to 1983 for the last time they were beaten at Turf Moor. Burnley have won just one of 16 Premier League matches against the Blues. That was that famous one on the opening day in 2017 when Chelsea finished with nine men. Uh, Luke, are you the kind of person who puts any stock in these kind of statistics? Or do you think the fact that both clubs have entirely different squads and managers renders them kind of pointless? I mean... Chelsea and Burnley have both overgone massive overhauls of personnel in the last 18 to 24 months. So, yeah, Matt, I I find it really difficult to kind of read anything into those kind of statistics. You know, most of the Chelsea squad will probably barely remember uh, the last time Burnley were in the Premier League, um, which was, of course, was only two years ago. (laughs) In terms of the um, the Chelsea team news and, and selections... Simon reporting, Dom, that Ben Chilwell's out for, for months rather than weeks. And, and given the way Chelsea's injury record is, your, your natural reaction is to say, oh, no, not another one. But I wonder if maybe that's not quite the blow that it could have been previously, given that Chilwell's not been a regular starter this season. He's not really been playing at left-back either. And that is a position, as is left side of that front three, that Chelsea are pretty well stocked in. Yeah, yeah. And... I find it a bit odd. I mean, particularly in pre-season when you know he took the armband. I think in some of those friendlies, and he's he's worn the armband this season proper as well. And 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 yet he he did seem to sort of fall out of favour over the course of those those first few games under Pochettino. But yeah, he's a, he's a he's a victim of um, a piece that piece that Liam has written actually in in recent weeks. I mean, the the reality that Pochettino is is picking Colwell as a as a left back of. As, you know, ostensibly, you know, albeit it becomes a a back three uh, within the games, largely to protect Thiago Silva, but but that allows if Colwell's filling in that role, and there's no there's no natural role for Chilwell in, at his in his favourite position anyway. So that you know, when the, and the way that Mudrick has sort of found some form and confidence over the last few weeks, and you've actually can you can visibly see that growing within in the performance that he's he's offered up. At the moment, yeah, you, you look at that and think, well, okay, it's maybe not a, a massive blow at the moment, though, you know, I'm sure Maurizio Pochettino would like to have Chilwell available as an option within games and a, a player of his experience and and quality as well. Um, and he's obviously been denied that, but he just joins a, a massive injury list um, on that front. But look, Colwell will carry on in that role, I'm sure, as a, as, as a left back, and and hopefully Mudrik is is fit enough to start at Burnley and and can continue to tear it up along the the left hand side. Yeah, Luke, you, you mentioned um, on a previous pod about what Chelsea lose with not having Colwell at centre back, where he can play those passes out and start attacks that way. But I guess we saw that the positive side of it on Monday, didn't we, with that absolutely sublime assist that that he laid on for for Mudrick's goal. That that's the side of his game playing at, at left back slash left wing back that that we hadn't seen until that point. Yeah, I think playing playing the left back role slightly narrows his passing options, but he's such a quality player that. And he's so athletic that he can get himself up the pitch into positions where he can play those kind of passes. And, you know, it's a fantastic run by Mikhailo Mudrik to come in from the left flank and sit in between the right back and the centre back. And 
you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of what Pep Guardiola has done with uh, John Stones in the past when he's played him in a in a fullback position, and kind of what Pep Guardiola is doing right now with with Josko Gvardiol playing him at left back when he's probably better at centre back. Those kind of players who are technically superb but also physically very adept can give you a really strong option at the like quote unquote fullback position. And as you said, Matt, it obviously helps protect Thiago Silva, allows him to play kind of more centrally uh, when Chelsea are defending. So it, it seems to be a system that Pochettino likes and he's kind of not a bad situation, but he's making the best of the situation, you know, the hand that he's been dealt at Chelsea. And, you know, the the injury to Chilwell is almost, you know, a blessing in disguise because it means Chelsea fans can't be clamouring for him to get back in the team, um, you know, for a few months at least. Speaking of blessings in disguise, Dom, we've we've seen a whole new Mark Kukurea playing at right back, <laughs> certainly for for the the second half of the game against Brighton and, and pretty much the full ninety against Fulham. Malo Gusto serving the final game of his his ban, so we can expect Kukurea to play right back again on Saturday. Would you expect to see him slide over to the left once Gusto's back, and, and then Colwell moves into centre back, or would that be a bit harsh on Axel Dizazi, who's, who's actually played every minute for Chelsea this season against expectation? I I can't see that change happening anytime soon. I, I, as I go back to the previous one, if, if they're becoming increasingly comfortable with Colwell playing as a as a left back, I suspect he'll stick with that in the on the basis that it makes Chelsea more solid. Um, Kukurey has done his reinvention as a right back is is quite something, and you know he's got a, a way to go yet before you know he will convince everyone that, that of the of the quality that he showed at, at Brighton, and we also need to take into account the. The opposition in certainly the Fulham. Fulham was so so disappointing with the way they they performed in that game and, and so disjointed. Burnley, likewise, like you look at them and think there's an opportunity there for Chelsea. They're not. They will be tested. I mean, the, the young young lad that Burnley have on the flank, Luca Colioso, they signed in the summer. He's been very sprightly so far. He's done well in these Premier League appearances, his cameos, and I, th- I think he will test. Probably both fullbacks over the course of the game on Saturday, if selected. But Kukure has got a, a certain amount of experience. He's playing now with a bit more confidence. I think he'll he'll hold the the fort probably admirably for this game, and then hopefully over the international window, players return. Gusto obviously will come back into the fray immediately afterwards as well, and there'll be more options from whom. Pochettino can select when the Premier League resumes again, but it does feel as if it's he's he's sort of he is filling in. It's it's an unnatural position for him, and he'd rather be on the left. But he's doing a decent job so far. Uh, further up the pitch, Luke Mudrick. We don't know if he's going to be fit after that quad injury. Thank you to the listener, by the way, who pointed out that your quad is not your bum. That's your glute, as I mistakenly said on um, Tuesday's pod. If Mudrick doesn't make it are you putting Madweke back there or, or is Ian Matson getting a go on the basis that you know he looked all right when he came on against Fulham but he knows Burnley very well too yeah it was quite an interesting one that um that Nonny Madweke wasn't given the nod to come on maybe it was a fitness thing maybe it was something that Pochettino saw in the game I mean of the options that Chelsea have if you're looking at the team that played Fulham I'd, I'd kind of expect Raheem Sterling to come in although he has had his best minutes for Chelsea this season on the right-hand side, I think, you know, the partnership that Cole Palmer and Conor Gallagher are developing, I, I think you can't really change that uh, right now. So Sterling would would shift over to the left flank and, you know, there's a question mark over who plays striker. But I, th- I think that's how it would go. 
Well, that question mark, Dom, is whether it is Nicholas Jackson returning from suspension straight back in the team or Armando Breuer off the back of a goal starting again. The, the fact that Breuer went off, we're told not with a serious injury, just kind of with a bit of fatigue. Does that say to you the sensible thing and therefore the most likely thing is to put Jackson straight back in and keep managing the minutes, as we've been saying with Breuer? Yeah, I think so. I think that's that's what Simon and Liam think as well. The, the sort of soundings they've taken out at the club. He look, he did brilliantly well. Breuer against against Fulham. It's great to see him scoring again. But they have to be careful here. And Jackson is Jackson does a job away from home as well. Jackson in this game, I think will will run the channels really well. Um, maybe there'll be the chance to to select uh, Sterling from the start in the starting lineup again that offer them a bit more bite up there. Um if he was he was he was ill, wasn't he, in the build up to the Fulham game. So so not quite ready for that one. But I, I'd expect it to be Jackson as that that main striker uh, from you know around whom the the front players can can run and 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 cause Burnley Burnley problems. And you know, we have to remember that Jackson's last appearance for Chelsea was Got scoring the winner against Brighton, wasn't it? So I mean, he he also will go into this game with with belief pepped a bit, um, confidence there, and and he'll he wants to maintain his own momentum. But it's just great news for Pochettino that he's now got two options as a number nine. I mean, Breyer's performance was that good and that effective, and his cameos have been have been decent when he's been involved since the, since the knee injury to challenge Nicholas Jackson provide a bit more competition for places. I mean, that's 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 absolutely vital. The injury list we know, Luke, is lengthy for Chelsea. The players most likely to return soonest to Benoit Badia, Shiel and Carney, Chukwemeka. I guess if available, you can make a case to say, well, maybe Carney gets 10, 15 minutes off the bench if he's if he's in shape to do so on Saturday. But do you think it's going to be more difficult for Badia Shield to get his way back into this team? You know, I mentioned Dizazi, but, but as a whole, the defence has performed pretty well, right? Yeah, we're almost close to these sort of selection dilemmas and headaches that we were all talking about in pre-season that we thought would be a big issue um, that haven't proved to be the case because of that injury list. But I think, yeah, Badia Shields is a difficult one because I think he was one of Chelsea's only bright spots in the second half of last season and his injury was really disappointing for him and for Chelsea. And obviously he is you know, thought to be part of the long-term future at Chelsea given his age and the age of Thiago Silva, but you know, there'll be questions about whether him and Levi Colwell will be able to play in the same team. And maybe Pochettino playing Colwell as a kind of auxiliary left back is a way that, you know, he thinks going forward he could play Badia Shield in the role that Thiago Silva's playing and play them both together quite comfortably. But yeah, I think certainly, you know, if, if Chelsea keep playing well, you know, and the Berlin game and after the international break, it will be difficult for him to get back into this side. Give me a prediction for the game then, please, Dom. Oh, I think Chelsea will win it. I think they'll win it. I think it'll be a test. But I can see them I can see them building on this momentum now. I'll be surprised if there are many of the players that have been carrying injuries, have been in rehab, are that involved in this. I think a few Premier League clubs are, are sort of looking at this last fixture before this international window as a we'll just get through this one and then, you know, have another couple of weeks then to prepare for the next Premier League match and and bring people up to speed um, at the training ground. I, I, you know, and they may be involved on the bench and on the travelling squad, but the likes of Chukwemeka, um, 
and Badia Shield, but I'd be I'd be very surprised if they actually get much game time, if any at all. Yeah, it makes it more difficult to make your case to the uh, the national teams. They Absolutely. shouldn't be picking these guys, doesn't it? If you if you stick them into uh, Luke, Chelsea going to win? Yeah, I think so. I think um, you know Burnley have looked promising um, at times this season, and they are getting a bit more um, savvy in terms of the league. They've got a very young squad. I think second youngest team uh, by average age in the league. But you know, I look at the game they played against Spurs. They sort of played well. And then collapse to a 5-2 defeat. And obviously Chelsea aren't as good as Spurs at this stage. But yeah, I think it will be a win and probably comfortable for Chelsea. All right. Well, let's hope so, because I'm going to this one. Uh, that is Saturday, three o'clock. We'll react to it in our Monday pod. Women's team up north too this weekend. We'll tell you more about that after this. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So after just about seeing off Spurs on opening weekend, Chelsea get the first proper test of their WSL defense on Sunday lunchtime. They head to Manchester to take on City at the Academy Stadium. Let's bring in producer Lucy here because she is the expert on all things women's team. Um, Lucy, you've got City tip for a good season, right? No Champions League football for them. And, and the fact that Arsenal lost last weekend and, and seemed to be in maybe not crisis, but a bit of tumult around Jonas Edeval, does that make City Chelsea's likeliest challenges for the title this season, do you think? Yeah, maybe. I think what's doubly fascinating is obviously that Manchester United and Arsenal are playing each other on Friday night. So both of these teams going into Sunday will already know, say Arsenal lose, they could have a six point advantage over the Gunners already, which is pretty remarkable because we know what, if you lose two games, that's basically it. So yeah, I think Manchester City, there was a lot of questions about their transfer policy, the fact they literally only bought in one player, let one player go. And I think there are concerns maybe that they haven't refresh their squad enough but they've obviously got really exciting players lots of English talent Chloe Kelly Lauren Hemp so they've got a lot of danger up top in particular and obviously Chelsea have bad memories of that game uh, there last season losing I listened to that on the beach in Spain and it was very upsetting and ruined the start of my holiday so basically come on Chelsea is is obviously the message but yeah I think basically Manchester City are very solid. Gareth Taylor has a lot of detractors, but they went on a great run last year where they started miserably, got beaten by Aston Villa on the opening day, then lost to Chelsea, but then they recovered, but fell just short right at the end. So they feel like, yeah, with no distractions, but obviously Arsenal, no Champions League football either after they got knocked out. So I don't know. They feel like they're a bit of an unknown quantity. No one really, I don't know, just they don't like Gareth Taylor, so we don't hear that much about them. But it's more people moan about him and their team just gets on with it. So Chelsea should win, I think, but it will be tricky. 
Uh, they got goals in Khadija Bunny Shaw. Uh, strikers will be key in this game, Luke. Chelsea obviously got a, a key one themselves in Sam Kerr. She wasn't involved last week. Emma Hayes said she wasn't quite ready. Should be for this. Does she come straight back in or does the fact that Mia Fischel scored on debut mean that she ought to, to retain the shirt? We talked on Monday, didn't we, about her link up with Lauren James and how promising that looked too. Yeah, it's a difficult one, Matt, because Sam Kerr is the type of player, if she's fit, you have to play her. You know, you can't just be, you know, nice to Mia Fischel because she scored on her debut. Sam Kerr is Sam Kerr. And, and I think if she is fit, she should be straight back in the starting eleven. But obviously, you know, we're only speculating as to Sam Kerr's fitness and, you know, with the injury problems that she had at the back end of last season and over the World Cup, it's certainly something Chelsea won't want to rush back and risk aggravating an injury. But at the same time, you know, as we've just been speaking about, it, it is a potentially massive game um, so early in the season. So, you know, if you're looking at it as, as a percentage, you know, if Sam Kerr is even, you know, 90% fit, I think she has to start. All right, we'll see about that. Um, Don, we, we talk about the importance of these kind of head-to-head games in the WSL, given how tight it often is and how few games you can afford to lose. If, if you're Emma Hayes, are you going up to Manchester thinking, let's not lose this game? Or are you thinking, well, if we can take three points here and then beat them at home, we might effectively have one hand on the title. Are you going gung-ho or are you being defensive, basically? I think the quality that they've got, they can probably... I mean, gung-ho is probably you know, slightly... <laughs> Just gung <laughs> unfair. Home, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> I think they can go there and attack and, and expect to be solid at the back as well to be honest and I mean the, the way that they the, the chances that they created against Spurs last weekend would suggest that they're you know that they will pose an attacking threat whether Kerr plays or not I think they will I think they'll go there thinking this is a real opportunity a real chance to to lay down a marker right at the start of the season we're the team to beat we're the draining champions you're all playing catch up and if they if they win this game um, the psychological damage that will inflict upon the chasing pack will be significant. Yeah, it's uh, it's one to watch, that's for sure. It is a 12.30 kickoff at the Academy Stadium on Sunday. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Elsewhere in Chelsea news, the under-21s playing the Premier League Cup on Friday night. They take on Colchester United. Uh, The under-18s playing Saturday morning. They've got a league game at Brighton. Uh, Rhys James has been given a one-match suspension and fined £90,000 over an incident in the tunnel after Chelsea's loss to Aston Villa in September. Um, Don, we're we're thinking the one-match suspension obviously has to 
go on straight away, right? So it doesn't really matter because he's not fit to play at the moment. Um, it's interesting, this, isn't it? I don't, I don't really know what to say about it other than he's been fined not even a week's wages and given a ban that's kind of immaterial. Is just, this just the FA making the point that you can't shout at the referee or whatever it is we think he did? Well, they're definitely doing that. But I, I also wonder whether if he then got sent off in a subsequent game, whether there'd be an extra game involved in terms of any suspension on, on the back of that. I mean, it had, again, it sets a bit of a a marker. It's a it's a proper wrap across the knuckles. I didn't anticipate the the game suspension element of this sanction, but it it shows that what he said must have been fairly serious. So I think the the written reasons on on this when they come out when the FA publish them will be quite fascinating. Luke, we spoke, didn't we, about how frustrated he must be at not being able to to play at the moment. I, I feel like of all the Chelsea players who are out injured, he is the one whose return needs to be the, the most carefully managed given his history. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think we saw post-World Cup, I think Chelsea were guilty of rushing Rhys James back and he played one match, I think. And I can't, I can't remember who it was against, forgive me for that, but I think he lasted about 55 minutes before going off injured and then didn't play for another... Five or six weeks. Was it Bournemouth? They beat them 2-0. May well have been, yeah. Um, but it, And that was just a textbook case of, oh, he's our best player. We have to have him back as soon as possible. And obviously at that stage, Chelsea didn't have you know, a deputy uh, that they now have in the form of Malagusto. Uh, so there was a lot more pressure to to rush him back. But now there's, you know, with Gusto, with you know Kukurea emerging, there's absolutely no need to rush Rhys James back, even though Chelsea's fixtures after the international break are pretty tough. Uh, and uh, games a lot of fans uh, will want to win, you know, thinking about Spurs, thinking about Arsenal, thinking about Man City. Uh, speaking of games, people want to win. Quiz is up next. All right, here we go. Uh, Lucy scolded me for the ease of the questions last week. So I've tried to, to ramp it up a little bit for Luke and Dom today. Luke, you're going first. Whose first Chelsea goals came in the form of a perfect hat-trick at Burnley in 2019? 2019. Left foot, right foot oh. header. I'm so <laughs> I'm so poor at historical questions. <laughs> um, not that historical. You usually ask questions about the mid-90s. You're not even born. <laughs> I'll give you a clue. It wasn't Darren Barnard. <laughs> okay, well, uh, that's useful. Um... <laughs> First Chelsea goals, perfect hat trick. I honestly, I have honestly no idea. Timo Werner. You're a disgrace, Bosch. Timo Werner is incorrect. Help him out, Dom. It was the athletic-friendly Christian Pulisic. <sighs> Certainly was, and it was like a week or two weeks before Tammy Abraham had been the youngest hat trick scorer for Chelsea at Wolves, and then Pulisic beat it pretty much straight away. Uh, Dom. A little bit of sass thrown out by you there toward Luke. Let, let, let's see how you feel after this question. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> Who made his second and final Chelsea appearance and his only start for the Blues in the 2008 Carling Cup tie against Burnley at the bridge that Chelsea lost on penalties? Right, so sorry, repeat this again. Who made his second and final Chelsea appearance, it was also his only start, in the 2008 Carling Cup tie against Burnley at the bridge that Chelsea lost on pens? I'll give you a clue. I'd never heard of this footballer until I looked it up. <laughs> oh, listener, it's such a shame you can't see my smug expressions. <laughs> no, uh, 2008? Second? 
No good looking out the window. The answer's not there. I have absolutely no idea. Sorry. Go on, boys. Clean up. Uh, so second and final. Second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm thinking it'll either be like someone who's like failed spectacularly or like a youngster who was like around that era. I don't know. I'll go with someone like... Who's a youngster in 2008? Someone like Scott you? Sinclair? I don't know. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> it was not Scott Sinclair. That is a good guess. It was a chap called Carlos Minero. Ever heard of him? He's, no. No? Well, there you go. What happened to him? Uh, he didn't play much after that. I, I didn't go much further into his career up, to be honest. But uh, I'm pleased that nobody got that one. All right, Dom, you're 1-0 up, having pinched one of Luke's points. Here's your second question, Luke. What was the score the last time Chelsea played at Burnley? It was in March 2022. Oh, I think this did cross my radar recently. I think it was 4-0 to Chelsea. It certainly was. Not long after the sanctions had hit that one. Uh, Dom, second question for you. The first Premier League game between Chelsea and Burnley resulted in a 3-0 win for the Blues at Stamford Bridge in 2009. Stephen Fletcher led the line for the Clarets that day. For whom did he score his first goal last weekend? Wrexham. Oh, straight in there. Very good. 2-1. Luke, your final question of regulation time. Whose first Chelsea goal came in a 3-1 win at Burnley in 2014? That's a a really shocking. No, you can Um, do this one. Very famous Chelsea goal of that kind of era. Was Andre Scherler? Oh, it's good, but it's not right. It was Diego Costa. Costa. I didn't even get the chance to answer that one. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, (laughs) you've won anyway, though, so it doesn't really matter. Have you? No. No. Well, no, because yeah, you could steal this, couldn't you? You knew it was Diego Costa, though, didn't you, Dom? I could see you smiling. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Your final question. Who scored his first goal in English football in a 3-0 win at Turf Moor in 2020, just days after scoring his first Chelsea goal in the Champions League against Krasnodar? So his first two Chelsea goals came back-to-back. The first was in the Champions League. The second was at Turf Moor. I thought it should be easier. Well, it's a choice of choice of two probably. Um Ziyech is absolutely correct. Oh, it was a choice of that one and where when Werner I thought was the other one. That that would have been that summer as well he joined, didn't it? Timo Werner, his first Chelsea goal was at Spurs in the League Cup. Yes, I remember that. It was when Mendy made his debut, wasn't it? Uh, well, it's a good job you got that right, Dom. Otherwise, the integrity of the quiz would have been called into question after I didn't let you answer um, Luke's. Would you like the tiebreaker anyway, chaps? Yes, you would. Good. Yes, Combine Chelsea's total number of Premier League wins with Burnley's. <laughs> what? Lucy, that is evil. So how many Premier League games have Chelsea won plus how many Premier League games have Burnley won? I mean, if you get this right, then I'll give you the money myself, as somebody once said. Is there like a margin of error? Yeah, you, you, you can be within, what do you reckon, Luce? 25? Uh, okay, 470. 
Luke, any advance on 470? Uh, 471. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Yeah, I wouldn't accept that if this was standard quizzing, but um, <laughs> as a bonus, you can totally take that. You're both miles off, by the way. Oh. It's 715. Chelsea, 631 <laughs> plus 84 from Burnley. Um, well done, Dom. That was a tougher quiz than usual, I think, but but you came through it. It was really tough, really tough. Um, I think after that, I'm ready for another rematch with Liam just to sort of get my my own confidence back up again. <laughs> That's harsh. I mean, it feels like a dig. Well, yeah, <laughs> we, you have listened to some of Liam's quizzing, like, surely. <laughs> uh, who'd like a Monero update? It comes courtesy of producer Lucy. Luis Felipe Scolari has added a third Brazilian player to Chelsea's ranks after completing the signing of defensive midfielder Minero. He was a free agent after leaving Hertha Berlin. Crikey Moses, he was 33 when Chelsea signed him. No wonder he didn't play for very long. Um, if you've got any memories, listener, of of the Monero magic that night against Burnley, at SO Cobham Pod uh, on Twitter slash X is the place to tell us all about it. Uh, you can sign up for The Athletic at theathletic.com slash Chelsea Pub for only a pound a month for 12 months as well. Uh, Dom, what can people read up there that you would point people in the direction of? Liam is going to write a piece uh, that goes out on Friday on the number nine situation at Chelsea. And there's been a lot of talk of, of Chelsea re-entering the market in January. And I think his argument is going to be it wouldn't be the right thing to do. We should stick with Nicholas Jackson and uh, give Armando Abreu a, a chance. But then again, he may decide that that's not what he wants to write and it might be something completely different by the time it comes out. <laughs> okay. Uh, Luke, anything up there on the site that you'd like to point people in the direction of? A lot of chat about the World Cup um, in the last 24 hours or so. Uh, Matt Slater's excellent piece on the 2030-2034 debacle is well worth five minutes of your time. Yeah, seconded. Uh, you can also read the piece that Liam mentioned on Tuesday's pod about Andrew Santos and what's going on with him. Uh, Dom and Lucy might see him in action at Selhurst Park as the two-time European champions rock up at Palace this weekend. Uh, that's going to do it for us, though. We will be back on Monday. We'll tell you what happened and why in the games at Burnley and Manchester City. There'll be plenty more fun besides as well. Join us for that if you can. For now, though, from all of us, it's goodbye. The Athletic.